0: Welcome into 10 Questions with NBC10 Boston. If you've been watching for the last two years, this is the first time we're actually at the NBC Boston Media Center. So we're out of the house. We're really in the studio for real this time. And I'm more excited, though, about my guest today, Jessamine Stanley. Thank you for joining me on this lovely morning, afternoon, depending on where you're watching, who's watching.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It is, yeah, literally, it could be any time, but... I'm honored to be here with you.
0: Thank you. So, I want to start with your background because everywhere you go, there's always going to be someone that may not know exactly who you are or where you're from. I know you're from North Carolina. So, tell me a little bit about your upbringing mm-hmm. there. You know, I grew up in a very religious family. My family
1: is uh, Baha'i, and um, it was a huge part of like. Our whole structure was a part of how we did literally everything. And um, I also have always been fat. I I think I feel like it's important to say, like, I grew up fat and Black and queer in the South. And if you are any of those things, like, you know what's good. I grew up very much feeling like, especially in a predominantly white community, feeling very isolated. And I felt like I was not good enough, like, there, like I needed to change myself all the time. And so, especially as I got older, I was obsessed with weight loss and trying to be healthy and figure out the best way to look and be. And so much of my adulthood really has been about healing that, or at least accepting it as a part of who I am
0: and you mentioned all of the identities that you have come to realize that you have over the years when did you get to the point where one you were able to process those identities and process how they made you feel but also be unapologetic in who you are
1: you know i have to say it really is like a day-by-day journey it's not the sort of thing that like at least for me where like i've reached any kind of ending point but ultimately what has happened is that I realized that like, mm, there are these different pieces of myself that other people see that maybe um, make them feel uncomfortable, but ultimately what matters the most is how I feel. And that journey of coming to even hear my own inner voice has been, it definitely was ignited by my yoga practice and I came to yoga when I was in graduate school and I was going through a tough time in my life and a friend of mine was really into yoga at the time and she was like oh my god come to yoga with me but I had actually tried yoga once when I was in high school and actually I talk about all of this more in my first book everybody yoga but I had tried yoga once when I was in high school absolutely hated it and I was and I really thought that it was just for thin white women so i was like this doesn't have anything to do with me I don't care but I ended up going to class and while everything about it seemed awful like every posture seemed impossible I was like the fattest person frequently the only black person it was a very alienating experience but because of the difficulty of the postures it forced me into these experiences where I had to really look at myself and say, like. You know, I'm embarrassed to not know as much as everyone else. I'm worried that the teacher is gonna think that I'm not good enough. And, you know, I'm going through this like litany of thoughts around like what I'm even allowed to do in the space. And eventually I got to a place of just being like, you know, you could just try. Like maybe you fall down and maybe everyone in the room sees that you don't know what you're doing, but like you could still just try, you could go for it was really transformational for me and it really showed me that that was not being on a yoga mat was not the only place for me to practice just trying and also it made it okay for me to just be tender and to fall apart and to not have the right answer and to not do the right thing to remember that there is a child that lives inside of me that still wants to be held and still wants to be accepted.
0: And part of that journey for you has been to obviously empower yourself, but empower others through the process. How did you get into that space of making, for example, yoga something that everyone you think should be included in?
1: I, again, I had no, I so I had no interest in practicing yoga. I yeah. really had no interest in teaching yoga. <laughs> and I started sharing my yoga practice on social media, like back a long time ago like before instagram was really popular Mm -hmm. and when i was sharing my practice i really just wanted to connect with other practitioners because by this point i started practicing yoga at home and i was thinking like am i even practicing these postures properly like i don't know if i'm doing this right so i wanted to get feedback from other practitioners and also track my practice over time but what ended up happening was that i had a lot of people reach out to me like i didn't know that fat people could do yoga and I was just like, why do you think fat people can't do yoga? Fat people do all kinds of stuff all the time. Like, we obviously have a huge visibility issue. And so I kept sharing my practice because I know that through visibility, so much is possible in this world. Even Not even just about people practicing yoga or, you know, finding wellness for themselves, but just believing in yourself is a really powerful force. So... Sharing my practice and people would be like, can you come teach me? Can you do this? And I would be like, you literally don't need me to come teach you yoga. There are thousands of yoga (laughs) teachers like I would recommend yoga teachers. I'd be like, you don't need me to come do this. But um, (laughs) again, I got worn down and I was like, you know, when I went to teacher training, even I was like, I'm just going to go do this. And maybe I'll teach, but like, probably not. But during my training, I realized why there have to be so many yoga teachers and ultimately like why everybody to some degree should teach their yoga because we don't all speak the same language and my, the way that I process yoga might not resonate for everybody but it might resonate for even one person. And if that one person practices compassion for themselves, and then they influence even one other person to practice compassion, that is a ripple effect. And that ripple effect can change the tide of our world. We can go from operating from a place of fear to operating from a place of love. And so, so much of my yoga teaching practice has come from a place of like, if we all practice compassion, what kind of world would we live in? Would we still like right now we live in a world of fear, but what would happen if we all come from that place of love and compassion? So I don't think that I ever thought like, you know, I would like to see more people of different bodies practicing yoga. That was really like a, it's like a side effect. And even in my work, like I don't really think of it as like, yes, look at me. Like I'm, Fat, queer, black, like i look looked so different from the mainstream and now you can see. I'm just like, I mean, like, yeah, I'm fat and queer and black. That's just who I am. Like, that's who are you? You know, like mm-hmm. making space for everyone to just be themselves by being myself has always been my motivating force.
0: What has been the biggest lesson you've learned from your practice? Hmm.
1: I don't even know how to say the biggest lesson overall. The lessons are so big so, all the I'm, time. I'm, yeah. But I think the um, the biggest thing is definitely just to just be here right mm-hmm. now. Don't try to be, I spend a lot of time worrying about the past or obsessing over the future and just saying, You can just be here in this moment right now. That offers so much spaciousness in my spirit. Being able to say like, okay, so things are kind of crazy all over the place. Like this, this thing that I don't even know what to do about it. It's coming in the future. And this thing happened yesterday and I don't know what to do about that. And even sometimes the muck that I am standing in at this moment smells really, really bad. But also in this moment, I'm still breathing. So that is, uh, that's a plus. And if I'm still breathing, that means I'm still in the game. And it means that to some, somewhere the sun is shining Mm. and that's a blessing. And being able to find those little blessings, the little, um, someone I love so deeply on Instagram, Nabella Noor, she always talks about pockets of peace. It's Mm. really this. It's just like being able to find that sweetness, especially in the darkest moments, is powerful medicine. And that is really what my yoga practice has offered.
0: You did a collab with Self Magazine about what the future of fitness really looks like. How would you answer that? <laughs> the future so,
1: well you know what i what i said on um what i said on instagram is that the future of fitness is fat the future of fitness is all of us it's it's understanding that fitness is not about looking any one particular way that being fit looks like it's always going to look like a lot of different things and even on one person as you move through your life, fitness is going to look different at different points in your life. And every part of that journey is beautiful and perfect. Mm -hmm. And that all human beings need to do something. We all have to be using our instruments and that however we use our instruments is perfect. That's what I think the future of fitness is. It's going to, it is all of us together holding space moving in the way that makes sense, breathing in the way that makes sense and uniting together from there.
0: I mentioned you being unapologetic at this point and social media has been one of your biggest platforms to be yourself and and tell others that they can be themselves. But as we know, social media can get toxic as well. So how do you balance being a voice, but also protecting your mental health? Mm.
1: Thank you for asking. It is something that I think about quite a lot. And I so there's a couple different things at play here. Um, one of them, I always give the glory and my gratitude to all the people who bullied me when I was in middle school, because through that experience, I really learned that Any kind of negativity that we receive from other people doesn't have anything to do with us as an individual. It always has something to do with the other person. And so operating from that place, I'm like, okay, how can I be a part of this community that is really powerful? Like I came to social media to connect in a way that I never felt. I never felt community in my local yoga community, the way that I did on social media, the way that I do on social media. So there are so many benefits. But how do I balance that with the negatives as well? And the biggest thing for me is really trying to log off as much as possible, trying to spend as much time outside as I can to remember that I'm not a robot and that I'm meant to be a wild, primal being. And um, and also trying to not identify so much with the self that I share with the world and really be focused on the connections that I have in real life, the people that hold me down and that keep me together. And all of that makes what happens on social media fun and sweet and exciting and you know something and a really awesome, amazing creative project. Like when I look at my Instagram, I'm looking at a journal that I've kept successfully kept a journal for like over a decade. and that feels really exciting to me. And the things that come along with it, you know, it's all trends and it will change, but it doesn't hold it. It's not the most important thing to me.
0: I was watching, I think it was a college basketball game, and commercials come on. Usually, I don't pay attention to commercials. I'm on my phone. I look up, and I see you. And then it was Adidas commercial. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Mind you, yeah. I, it was like maybe a, like a week ago. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. that I think that's the person I'm interviewing next week. And lo and behold, I go to your Instagram, and I see that you are collaborating with the deed in South Africa. So how did that come into play? You clearly are still kind of shocked by the problem that <laughs> It's so weird because
1: like I I'm just living my life and then my mom is like my, your great uncle saw you on saw you on during the basketball game so I yeah it's strange but um I've been working with Adidas for this is my third year as a global brand ambassador for Adidas and it's been so cool to work with them because they really understand the future of sports they understand the future of wellness and that it looks like all of us and so I feel really proud and grateful to be a part of that community and to, to be able to lend my voice to that and i think that the ultimately like every campaign it's all kind of like it it's all the same you know i think i'm still the same person at the end of the day when i think about like how my life has changed from when i was like working the host stand of a restaurant at night and evaluating writing assessments during the day and then to now where like i have multiple businesses and like and have employees and like now have a whole different way of orienting. Nothing's really changed at the end of the day. So it's like you know it's it's cool the the visibility is cool but I feel like the mission is is bigger. It's bigger.
0: Of course. And you mentioned you you know social media making sure that you didn't define yourself based off of that persona. How would you describe yourself outside of the public image? Mm, quiet and private. And, That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: it's very strange to me that I think a lot of people think that I'm very extroverted and uh, and that I love, like, attention, which obviously I do to some degree, <laughs> but I think that in general, like, I, you would more likely find me at home with a book and a cup of tea than, like, doing anything with anybody else and i love so much being able to listen to other people and receive their stories and and learn from them and so that's really that's my that's my happy place is to just be with the ones that i love um feeling
0: you mentioned one of your hobbies is reading do you have any good book recommendations something maybe you're oh my gosh. Out? Yes. I know that's always a hard question oh yeah a bunch? it's not okay. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I I can't remember if this was was off the mic. I was telling you that my partner and I have been full-time RVing, and so we have consolidated all of our belongings. And so I have very few books that I keep with me at this point. But because of that, I do know exactly which books I'm with reading. And um, I just started a book called The Buddha and the Bard, which compares the works of Shakespeare with um, Buddhist principles. And it is so fascinating and amazing and just incredible. And I have been reading In Search of Our Mother's Gardens by Alice Walker, which is so just, I'm so grateful to her for writing it down. I feel like I want to go to her and just say,
0: thank you, sister,
1: thank you. That's what I'm reading.
0: Thank you for that. And I'm curious what you're reading. Right. Other than the books that you've written, uh, well, you've written books mm-hmm. as well. I, I was surprised you didn't answer with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. yeah, no, sorry. You are going to say something.
1: No, no, yeah, I was, was sure. going to say that thinking about my book, Yoke, My Yoga of Self-Acceptance, which came out last summer and is available anywhere that books are sold. I love hearing that people are positively impacted by that book because I need to read it like I wrote it down because all of the themes in it about it's all about the yoga of everyday life and about finding the balance and that kind of practice is so hard and um and all-consuming and very confrontational and so I find that I need the wisdom of that book more now than I probably ever have
0: yeah that's always how it is with art or any any piece where you're Kind of letting things out. Usually, it's it is for you. It's cathartic, but also mm-hmm. a reminder of maybe the growth that you're going through in that moment. Mm-hmm. It is Women's History Month, or Women's History Month, as some are calling it. Who are some women that either you know or just overall historical figures that you'd like to honor right now? Mm-hmm.
1: I am always giving the glory to Michelle Obama, Dolly Parton, and Oprah Winfrey. I feel like I would not be me without them. They offer me so much clarity on how to show up with grace and dignity and always finding the silver lining no matter what. But the woman that is the reason for the season, the reason for my being, is my mother. And I have gained my respect for her grows every single day. I'm astounded by her and astonished by her and her strength, her resilience, her vigilance and her faith are beyond what I I mean it's it's what I would hope to be able to embody and I know what she has been through. I know pieces of what she has been through to gain that strength and I just and I'm humbled by it and I'm grateful for the
0: example it's always beautiful when you can have an example, a living, breathing example right in front of you on a regular basis to really support. And you talked about college. your mother a little bit earlier. So how would, how has she maybe processed your career growth over the last few yeah. years? <laughs> I hope that she sees it
1: as her legacy, that it yeah. is that I am only me because of her. And you know mm-hmm. so much, you asked before about my childhood. I. Fail to mention that a good portion of my childhood, my mother was sick and bedridden, um, and um, I don't want to over dramatize, but almost died. And because of that, um, it made our it, it fundamentally shaped our little four person family and the way that we all interact with one another and the way that we process or don't process pain. And um, I also know that for her, it was this watershed. It was talk about a come to Jesus. And I think that seeing that and really uh, witnessing that and witnessing her has been really um, fundamental for me. It's a huge part of who I am.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, this has been 10 Questions with NBC10 Boston. I appreciate you sharing your time, sharing your words with us today. For those who don't, again, know Jessamine Stanley, feel free to find her on Instagram, but continue to be a positive light. And thank you for celebrating women's first three with me. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you.